Goju Nation. Goju Nation. Hashtag Goju Nation. None of that would ever make me leave. Every time I look into your eyes, I see it. You're all I need. Every time I get a bit inside, I feel it. <laughs> Let's see if I get this note. Who thought I get you? <laughs> I just stopped there. Oh man, uh, it's gonna ironically be a part of this podcast today as I'm singing Daniel Caesar. Let's see if you guys know the song. Um, hey Goju Nation, we are back. Industry rule number four thousand and eighty, the audio version, <clears throat> where you know you get me by myself. And we're going to discuss something that is qualified, verified, and certified. I've gotten a little bit away from um, my, I don't say my entertainment base, but let's call it that. And um, we're going to get back there today and give you some qualitative, uh, verified, and certified as we do this here at Gotham Jungle. Go to Nation. Here we go. Um, you know that I don't put these out systematically because I just don't want to be a 15th opinion on the 20th topic that's being discussed. Um, I want to make sure that when you come here, you kind of walk away and you say, all right, I did not hear about that. Or I did not know about that. Or I didn't think about that. And that will help you uh, adjust, change, chisel away at your thought process and your opinions moving forward. And also just to give you something very entertaining to ponder rather than getting garbage in, garbage out. So hopefully we can get through that process as well too. So let's talk about what's qualified. The Q, the Q, the Q, the Q, the Q. So I'm about to share something about me that's kind of important for you to understand why I am uh, certified, verified, and qualified to do a podcast of this nature. Um, I I am unique, or I'll call it a black unicorn in the sense that musically, I've been on both sides of the fence. Okay? I have, I play and have played music. I played the piano and I played trumpet, probably for over 10 years plus when I was younger. And I've also been an executive in the business to this point. Worked at major record labels, worked on major projects, soundtracks with artists that you all know and appreciate. So I have that unique concept of doing both. So L.A. Reid does that. That's what Tommy Mottola did. That's what Clive Davis did. That's what Barry Gordy did. That's just I'm not saying I'm them. I'm just saying that that's what puts you in a space where you can speak about Music specifically in a way where you have a full circle overview of what you're discussing. So with that being the case, my executive ear combined with my business acumen in this space is what makes me a black unicorn in this space. So this qualified take is one to significantly pay attention to. All right. I have debates about this 
because one of my famous phrases or one of my phrases that sticks is that because people have a radio and an opinion, they believe they know and understand the music business. And that's not the case, okay? Because you can't have a TV and watch surgery and decide that you're a doctor. <laughs> it's an extreme analogy, but yet it very much sticks in its consistency, okay? I have mentioned uh, before, and I'm getting into the point right now. I've mentioned before the importance of making the record, all right? And when I mean the record, it's not a record that you like and I don't like. It's not a record that five of us like and five of us don't like. It's the universal record that once the needle drops, and that's an old reference, okay, to a record player. But once the record plays, the immediate universal understanding is that this record is an absolute, unequivocal, positive smash. And everybody in the room looks at each other like, oh my God, did you hear this? That's when you get to that status. So when you hear... When You Don't Know My Name drops and Alicia goes, baby, 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 or You Don't Know My Name, we all go, wow. Okay? When we hear the needle drop on uh, Big Pimpin', and we know that Jay-Z's about to come in, we all go, wow. Okay? Uh, when Madonna dropped Starlight, Star bright, we all around the world, no matter what your color was, said this is a big dance record. And more recently, when Scissor drops, if you wanna, if I, uh, uh, we all go, I do. <laughs> okay, because the record instantaneously affects. Um, and I want to kind of speak to. The reason why making the record is important. In today's landscape, when everybody has a social media presence or a TikTok or something where they're visually expressing themselves, they feel a little bit closer or they all subconsciously, this podcast included, feels a little bit closer to being majorly accepted. And becoming a, a star in their own right. See, 10 years ago, you didn't think you could be Kendrick Lamar unless you were a rapper, unless you made a big record and got discovered by a record label or by Dr. Dre. Maybe that's more like 20 years ago. But today, you feel that you can make your own music and you can be Billie Eilish. <laughs> okay? You get your own music, you get with your brother, you make your own music, you jump on SoundCloud, people on SoundCloud say, oh my God, who is this? And then you grow and evolve and you become that person. So you have a subconscious thought process or there is a subconscious thought process that this could be done. This could be done, all right? And, and, I, and I can sing too, or I can dance too, or I can act also. All right. There have been plenty of people on social media that have just done a lot of video skits and personal skits. And now they are on, you know, they are on TV. Issa Rae did her show, you know, did her skits and she is who she is. So the importance of making the record is that there's a society around you that's nipping at your heels. because They could do it themselves and they have the resources and they have the equipment because it doesn't cost $10,000 to be present on screen, video or audio. So you have to make the record. That's reason number one, okay? 
the society is nipping at your heels because they feel they can they can do it too because we can do it too second thing is is that their ability to pay attention the adhd the the attention span is a lot less if your record isn't or your show or your movie isn't fantastic Okay, you could make a John Wick movie and, and in a month they're on to Guardians of the Galaxy. And after that, they'll be on to The Flash. And then after that, they'll be on to Fast and Furious, whatever the next movie is. And it's, not, and it's less than a month. So you don't have that, you don't have that casual time of a fan base unless you make a mag unless you make Top Gun Maverick, okay, which Basically, was a great movie, and the whole world listened, liked, and loved that movie for a whole summer. Then you are trying to figure it out. Unless you make that album or that song, they are moving on to the next attention span concept that takes their time. Whether it's Call of Duty, whether it's the NFL, whether it's going shopping, whether it's the Met Gala, it it doesn't. Whether it's another artist, whether it's another song, they just move on. They don't. The 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 the, time, the, the bandwidth does not extend itself as long as you have it. Now, why am I going so extensively into this arena on this? Because we've got a couple artists out here that are thinking that I'm going back to music now. That think they 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 are savants or they are geniuses, and that the world will just wait for them and be there for them, and they can do what they want to do, what they want to do, and just start. You know, and, and as I call it, they're thinking, okay. And it upsets me because both of these artists I am fans of, and they have two. They have a skill set individually that separates them if they focus on what they need to do. Okay, you just, you know, our audience will callously move on to the next without concern of what you are or aren't doing. And next thing you know, you'll be like, well, what happens to this person? Well, they, they, and I'll tell you what the answer is. Okay, one of two things. Either they got in trouble. Okay, or they're too busy being an artist thinking about things, thinking they're prints. Okay, when he's one of one, that the audience has moved on to something else. Something else. Okay. I'm going to give you two artists that have done it and messed up and one that's done it and got it right. Okay. My first one is Giveon. Now, Giveon has that voice. Now, when, you know, when all these R&B male artists sort of sound the same, Giveon's voice popped. That, 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 that low tone, barra, I won't say barra based, but I'll give it that, 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 that moniker, stuck through. Okay. And when he made his very first song, okay. Oh man, the, the, it's, the world stopped and said, who is this guy? And they all pointed their attention in his direction. Okay. Then he made Heartbreak Anniversary, which solidified that he can do it again. And then he started thinking. He started wearing Chanel clothing and, 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 and just started thinking and taking his time and, and making records he wanted to make instead of giving the audience what they want. Okay, and I'm walking this one on qualified because once I get the verified, you want to see why this is also important. All right. He stopped making the records that the audience wanted him to make or he thinks he is making those records and they're not connecting. And literally, you could I don't even know if Goju Nation realizes he released an album last year. Maybe it's early this year, but within the last 365 days, a Giveon album was released. Have you heard it? 
Do you remember any songs on it? Is it being played on the heat on Sirius Radio? Is it being played in R&B circles if you're listening to it? Have you heard any of them? Well, that's my answer to why you know he did not make the record. Because when you make the record, you would have learned it. Excuse me, heard it. <laughs> to combine the words together. You would have heard it. And you would have talked to your girlfriends about it or your friends about it. And you would have said, yeah, you heard that Give Me On record? So that's how you know he hasn't made the record. It's actually that simple. Okay? It's actually that simple. My second example, and I'm pissed at this artist. Pissed. Daniel Caesar. He just released his album. Did you know that? He just released his latest album. I'm not even sure you're aware of that. That also speaks to the record not being there. But what's also the problem is that he's thinking and he's, you know, theorizing about life and how he feels about things and where he or space he's in. And I'm sitting back. I'm saying, but where the fuck is the record? I don't hear the record. I listened to that album. I tried just like giving on. Listen to the album two, three times. I tried to find. And that's the other subconscious to a issue with not having the record. I'm listening to the album over and over again, looking for something to like and love. That's not how that works. If the album is the album, when it hits, it hits you. And you go, all right, Kendrick, you done did it again. All right, Jay, at that time in his heyday, you did it again. And you don't have to sit back and say, what do you think? Or, you know, and I'm fighting with Daniel Caesar. I'm fighting. And the first big mistake where I knew he overthought this, and whoever his A&R person is, their executive staff is, y'all need to be fired. The hell is the duet? Daniel Caesar built his bones on the duet aspect of how he works very well with female artists, known or not known, and brings them up. There's not one female duet on the album. What the fuck? That's you basically walking away from your fan base saying, I don't want to do that no more. Well, then who are you? you ain't, I got, I'll go back it again. You ain't Prince. You ain't Michael. You ain't Beyonce. You ain't Justin Bieber. You're working your way to that status. Giveon, Daniel Caesar. You got to give the people what they want from you. Here's when you can move on to something else. I'm just speaking from a diametric time frame of making progress, what you can and can't do. You can walk away from that once you've made the monster smash hit that the world loves, not a genre, not a sector, not just R&B, not just hip-hop. I'm talking about the everybody, every color knows the song. Like, everybody, every color of the songs know that y'all are on Peaches with Justin Bieber. White, black, purple, they all know Peaches. Okay? But not everybody doesn't know If I Want You by Giveon. Not the world. Not everybody knows uh, 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 by Daniel Caesar. A lot of people know it enough, especially black culture, but not the world. So you have to make those records until you make the universal smash. And then from there, you can segue and show your growth in the other areas. That's what Dr. Dre did. Dr. Dre used that West Coast sound and used that funkadelic parliament build upon sound with the high with the high tonality of the piano tones and rhythms along with the bottom bass and funk of Parliament Funkadelic till the wheels fell off and made plural smashes for himself and for Snoop. 
and for other artists. Then said, I will start doing my own thing. Because it was internationally known. Beyonce to this day does not run from this one core characteristic of her artistry. I am an independent beast. I am a woman. I am a monster. I am everything that you should aspire to be as I am that bitch. Everything speaks about strength and independence, whether it's with her sexuality, whether it's within her business moves, whether it's in who she is, where she's going. She speaks to a level of strength. She never runs from it. And between those last orders I've made, they have made a lot of these things we call the record. The record. Once you do these things, then you can move on and 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 because th your base will stay with you. But Giveon, Daniel Caesar, I'll say it again, Goji Nation. Did you know they had albums out within the past year? Do you know any of the songs? Unless you're a core fan, you do not. Now let me go into a next level of this, the higher level of this, because again, a lot of these artists, once they make a couple of good records, they think that they are a savant. They think they could do what they want to do, how they want to do it, when they want to do it, and the bass would just sit there and follow them. Let me explain something to you, okay? A savant creatively has the ability to make music that touches people in a way or create art that touches people in a way that, that you can't possibly even surmise, okay? what the impact is of what they're doing, okay? Let me give you an example of a savant, okay? Let me give, let me give, you, let me give you an example of a savant. Frank Sinatra, savant. Quincy Jones, savant. Michael Jackson, savant. Prince, savant. That's just music. Let me give you an example of, of a definition of what a savant is. Person who exhibits exceptional abilities in a specific area despite having specific cognitive or developmental disabilities in other areas. Typically, savants have exceptional skills related to memory, mathematics, music, art, or spatial reasoning. These individuals have often been referred to as idiot savants in the past, although this term is now considered derogatory. Today, savant is considered a more respectful term to describe individuals with exceptional skills despite their disabilities. Let me explain to you what I'm, and, and let me go to, to, to this disability thing, and I'll explain to you what that means when I say when a savant, okay? I mentioned Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra had in, in, I need to make sure I say this word right. He had stage fright that was paralyzing, paralyzing. He was scared to perform in front of other people, okay? That's why you always saw Frank Sinatra with a drink in his hand, calm his nerves. That was his disability. He was unable to perform in front of others. He needed to work that out to be such, okay? Michael Jackson, a savant, but he's publicly in, what's the one I'm looking for? Uh... He's not acclimated. He was raised a certain way. He was brought up a certain way. So Michael Jackson in public is very awkward. Very awkward. So he lived as a recluse to a certain extent. He went places and did things, but he had his certain people around. He lived as a recluse. He, he, was, he was paralyzed by being in public spaces and places. Okay? You, you, you heard about some of his, um, some of his, um, 
his quirks, you know, like he didn't like to touch people, people to touch him. He was a germaphobe, things of that nature. All I'm saying is that that was one of the things that held him back from being full circle. He wasn't he wasn't that person. Not that he wasn't a people person, but that's what that, that was his, quote, musical disability. And let's call it that so we don't make it sure as we're talking down to people as if they have issues. OK, Marvin Gaye had that had that issue as well, too. OK, you look at Steven Spielberg. He's publicly awkward. He's publicly awkward. He looks awkward. He talks awkward. But when you talk about movies and he runs his mouth, he is a savant. And he's made. And what, what, let me tell you what a savant is. We talk about Steven Spielberg. OK. He made Schindler's List. And he made The Color Purple. He made a movie about the Jewish Holocaust and made a movie about black slavery. And was excellent in both. That's a savant. You ever been to a Prince concert? God rest his soul. You go to a Prince concert, you know what you're going to see? Or you know what you've seen? And you should look them up. Look up the videos on YouTube, the concerts. Prince, at some point, will walk around the whole stage and play every single instrument on the stage. Guitar, drums, bass, piano he'll walk around the whole stage and play every instrument that is a savant that's greatness that's genius Spielberg Prince that's genius Daniel Caesar Giveon you're an artist you can write you can sing you're not a genius stop acting like you're one go back Give the world what they want from you. You got to probably one more shot before you hit the who cares list to bring the world something that speaks to what you do artist-wise. Let's not disappoint them and let's not disappoint me because I'm being very honest. This rant speaks to the fact of how much I actually like you two artists. That is the cue. You have to make the record or the project. Cougar. The director, you got to make Black Panther. Okay, Russo Brothers, you got to do Avengers movies back to back and show the world that you can spend that money and put that money on the screen and make it look fantastic. Once you do that, you can deviate start thinking doing some other things. That's qualified. The Q, the Q, the Q, the Q. Now, here's how this parlays into the V, the V, the V, the V, as we're going from qualified to verified. I'm not going to start speak about classic criteria and what puts you in that classic place. Now, I'm going to stick with music on this one. OK, we may come back to TV and film on this one and maybe other areas of entertainment. But I'm going to stick with music on this one. OK, we use this term classic artist as this artist is classic. Da, 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 da. We use it real briefly. And, and because a lot of time has passed and a lot of music has been made, we get very much caught up in the fact that we could use that word frivolously as if it's easy to use. I'm here to tell you there is a formula. There's an actual formula. Yes. Yes. A formula that unequivocally classifies an artist as a classic artist. You may want to deviate and say, yeah, but, yeah, but, and there's a couple of exceptions. I'm just saying that I'm going to say, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say 95% of classic artists have this one trait in common, okay? Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, Beyonce, Run DMC, Madonna, Jay-Z, et cetera, et cetera. Whitney Houston, uh, 
They all have this in common. Ready? It could be debated. But if they have these three things, it's absolutely un it's non-negotiable and you give up the title right away. They each have three classic albums back to back to back. I'll say it again. Classic artist criteria musically is that artist has three classic albums back to back to back. And then from there, their status is unquestioned. Of course I got examples. <laughs> of course. That's why you come here. That's why you come to the industry with them at 4,080. Qualitative content. All right. This is verified, y'all. Verified. I'm going to name an artist. I'm going to name the years. I'm going to name some albums and maybe some more information. You're going, oh, that's, that's, ain't, no, ain't no argument there. And I'm going to go back so it just doesn't seem like I'm speaking. And you, when I say the first name, I say, okay, that's him kind of at least being outside the box or not staying in a certain box. Let's start with Madonna. Okay, watch these staggering numbers, by the way, too. Okay, Madonna. First album, 1983. Okay, call Madonna. <laughs> okay, so 10 million copies. Starlight, star bright, keep on pushing my love over the borderline holiday. That's that album. Okay. Now, that album charted for like two years straight. I'm not sure if y'all are aware of this. You know, she dropped the album a year later. But the first Madonna album was still charting so heavily, they didn't stop promoting it. She dropped an album a year later. That first Madonna album charted for like two and a half years. But her second album came out a year after. Yeah. Yeah. And you would say, well, well, the first album was so powerful that what came out that would be just as strong. How about Like a Virgin? Like a Virgin came out the year after. 84. Okay. You know what else was on that album? Living in a material world. And I am a material girl. Yeah. Second album. Why the second album is charting. So her first album sold 2 million copies. This second album sold 21 million copies. 21. Okay. Then she toured like crazy for a year and a half. Why wouldn't you? You got five legendary records smashing the radios in half. She came back in 86 with an album called True Blue. True love. Y'all remember that record. But you know what the big record was? Papa don't preach. I'm in trouble. Come on, man. Three albums back to back. Madonna album, Like a Virgin, True Blue. And the True Blue album sold 25 million copies. Stapled her. We even get the Vogue and all the other stuff. That's just the first three albums. That's why Madonna's a classic artist. Undeniable. Undeniable. That's an older one. That's the 80s, right? Let me give you a recent one, okay? Because he just stapled his status as a classic artist, undeniable. Kendrick Lamar. Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper is his latest, which his tour just eclipsed over $100 million, by the way, okay? Dropped the damn album. Damn. Oh, man. And the Pimper Butterfly. Come on. 
You have all three of those albums. Those are his last three albums. They're all classic albums, undeniable. You play them right now. Their records are still playing on the radio. He's established himself as a classic artist. Dr. Dre has done nothing but first-round draft picks when he puts his mind to it. Okay? Kendrick Lamar. I don't have to get into Kendrick Lamar the way I got into Madonna. See, Madonna's a little bit older, so you might know the records. Kendrick Lamar's now. So if you're paying attention, like I said, did you know Kendrick Lamar released the album this past year? You damn sure did. Damn sure did. Okay? Now I'm going to go back again. Okay? To my favorite artist. Marvin Gaye. In 1971, the What's Going On album came out. Y'all know what's going on? Y'all know Mercy, Mercy Me. Y'all still, you've heard these records. This And this is 50 years ago that this album was released. 5-0, 52 years old. 71 album came out. Second album that came out right after that one, well, he, I think he did the Trouble Man soundtrack in between that. But as far as solo personal albums that were just Marvin Gaye, not related to a soundtrack or anything else. Next album was Let's Get It On. Let's Get It On is considered one of the top five love ballads of all time. And if you're a Marvin Gaye fan, Distant Love is a record that speaks to your soul. Speaks to your soul. He toured for years over that record because just like Madonna, what's going on still charting while Let's Get It On is out in the streets? You got two albums charting, same time. That's what happened back then. And the last one in that three album cycle is I Want You. Mm-hmm. The right way, like I want you. Or, to make you more familiar, the first single that didn't make the Mr. Morale and Big Steppers album was the record that Kendrick Lamar made over the I Want You beat. Classic artist over classic artist. Undeniable that Marvin Gaye's a classic artist, and these three albums back-to-back -back prove my point. That's my third example. Should I stop? Should I stop? How about I give you two more examples just so I could just knock this nail in significantly. And I'm just going to say the artist's name. I'm just going to say the albums because nothing else needs to be said. Michael Jackson. Off the Wall. Thriller. Bad. Back to back to back. Off the Wall 1979. Thriller 1982. Thriller is 50 years old. Excuse me, 40 years old. 40 years old. Just to just put you in perspective. <laughs> okay. And Bad. The Bad Album. 1987. Off the wall, thriller, bad. Enough said in my Stan Lee voice. And one more. Just so y'all can say I don't, I, I'm, so can say I'm paying attention not just to what I like, to what the world likes. Beyonce. Nin 2003. 20 years ago, Beyonce made this album. I just want to make sure you got some perspective. 20 years ago. Dangerously in Love. 2006, B-Day, 2008, I Am Sasha Fierce. And you can add on what you want to add on, but those are her first three albums back to back to back, and they all were smashes. So this is verified, Goju Nation. Classic, classic excuse me, criteria requires the artist to make three great albums back to back. They do that, then they hit that classic role. You can add more albums. You can speak about other albums. They may, they may have missed one that came back. Or they may have put four to five back to back. But the groundwork being laid is three back to back to back. Search and see if I'm wrong on that one. I will I'll battle that one to the cows come on. That's the V, the V, the V, the V, the V. 
Now the certified. The C. The C. The C. The C. The C. So I've given you a lot of music. Okay, I give you. I've given you a lot of time on music. Let's go. Let's go into culture. The C culture. This is certified. Certified. I'm speaking to my African American culture. So come closer to your to your listening device and pay attention. Because this one's going to be a little bit painful as I make this left turn. A little bit painful. All right, you ready? The African-American culture is now officially behind the Latin American culture in the U.S. And it's not just numbers, although the numbers bear this out. I'm speaking culturally. Okay? They have... Uh, uh, I won't say taking over, but let's just say they are, they are dominating industries that we think are below us. Let me tell you how they do this. Okay? So the maintenance and cleaning industry, the Latin American culture has taken over. If you see anybody outside doing landscaping, if you see people cleaning buildings, if you see people doing housework, you will see that that Latin community is there on steroids. Because the American, African-American culture thinks that's below us. And we, we, we think we've been here long enough and we have brains too. So not that we won't do it, not that we won't survive and do it, but we're not looking at it, especially from this generation moving forward. We're not looking at it as if that's an option for us. But here's how the Latin community has done it and taken over and they're dominating. They'll get in the industry and then they'll be on their A game. Let's just say, let's just say we're, we're cleaning. Let's say we're cleaning. They'll come and they'll clean your house and they'll do it. They'll do a spotless job, spotless job. Okay. And then what happens is that they will, let's just say they're in the community. Let's say we're in the community, right? And they'll clean one house and do a spotless job. And then their neighbor will tell their friend neighbor about this cleaning person. And then that cleaning person will say, well, my cousin does this. Or my aunt does this too. Then they hire the aunt. Okay? Then they hire the aunt. Now you got two of them in the, in the neighborhood. And then during the summer, they bring in the nephew or the niece to at least help with the materials. And maybe help out as well too. And then what happens is when they when the when the neighborhood sees that they're bringing in the family and they're aspiring and working hard too, they bring them on as well too. Now you got three and four of them in two and three houses, and then they will basically take over a block or take over a section of a neighborhood. And then once they got their whole family working in this industry, they will take a van, slap a logo on it, and now they have a business. And now they are building that business off of cleaning one house. And what I'm saying is that they will take the time and energy to do that consistently with that being an end game. For us, excuse me, for the African-American culture, we see it as, as temporary. We could do better rather than making what it is the better thing. They get in, they bring on their own base, and when they're in a position of authority, they hire their own. These are all things that an African-American base does not do. African-American cultures are they are prone to be happy in their authoritative status and not being ones to help others along. I'm a boss. You go be a boss. I worked hard. You go work hard. Not let me bring you along so you could be a boss as well. It's not how African Americans do it. Other cultures do that though. One of the reasons is African American culture is fearful that the seat they hold it's for them and no one else, and they don't want to challenge because they don't want to lose it. So if they are working at a, 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 a uh, let's say they work at a record label and they're in a position of, you know, they're in a nice position where they're, 
you know, they're, 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 they're directors or the head of a department, okay? They don't look to bring in others to help train them so they can dominate the whole department and the other departments in the record company. They kind of say, I got mine. I got mine. And I bust my ass. And you go get yours. Not saying, here's the bust your ass strategy. Okay? They have this subconscious space empowerment mentality. That's what I call it. I would want to get deeper into this, but it's painful. Because when I watch the culture do this, it's hard to watch. And they rather see their own culture suffer than help bring them up. Whereas other nationalities like the Latin American community does not do that. Painful. You know, I go up and down with emotions and I'll yell and scream. Well, not yell and scream, but I will emote. But you can see I'm very calm on this one because this one is a problem. This one is a problem. And it puts the African-American culture in a position where they have to sing for their supper. And we're back there. And that is a thing that is just very painful to watch and observe. And I'm saying it because I've seen it. I've lived it. I've been around it. I've experienced it. And it is hard to watch. Then when African-Americans do things outside their race as far as date outside their race or date other cultures which you are entitled to do whatever you want to do i am not trying to put a stigma on that or any type of issue upon that but you see how they kind of segue easily into doing things outside of their race whereas other cultures stay within their race now i got good news talent skill set intuitive uh, critical thinking these are all skills that African Americans excuse me African Americans have in droves droves so as long as they stay uh, focused goal orientated and motivated they'll find a way and they'll make it happen I'm just stating what our culture needs to work on, the African-American needs to work on, in difference to what other nationalities and cultures do instinctly. And that is certified. One last statement, I want you to think about this one, because I'm gonna say it slow and I'm gonna say it twice. Don't let their entertainment be based upon your ignorance. I repeat, don't let their entertainment be based upon your ignorance. A cultural example of that is social media. I'll stop there and I'll let the smart, instinctive, critical thinking aspect of everyone that's listening to this, delve into that in their own space and get the bigger point. At Gotham Jungle, at Gotham Jungle, at Gotham Jungle, pick a platform. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, etc. And more platforms coming. We are there. This is the audio version of the podcast where you get me. And you get some qualified, make the record, certified classic artist criteria. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Let's get my stuff straight here. When you get something qualified, make the record. You get some verified classic artist criteria, and you get some certified. African American culture has to see what has happened with other cultures and implement that into their way of being so we can stay relevant. Although we have the instinctive skill sets to be equal, if not above, at the onset. My name is Tally. This is industry rule number 4080. Remember, light and darkness cannot coexist at the same time. So if you choose to be one, choose the light. We'll see you on the next video podcast, Goju Nation. And uh, I thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Enjoy.